Robert is going to be very unhappy with me this morning. That's okay, we're good friends, I can take it. Uh, Good morning, everybody. It's a privilege to be here this morning, and uh, we're going to look at something a little bit different this morning. I have a question. Are demons real? It's a rhetorical question, as I used to explain to my hockey players. That means you don't have to say anything. You're just supposed to think about it. But I'd like to turn to uh, another part of the gospel. We heard about the miracle of the loaves and fishes this morning and the demonstration that gives of Jesus' sovereignty over nature and provision. There's another example that we can look at that is in Matthew's gospel. Uh, On page 813 of the Pew Bibles, if you want to grab one, Matthew chapter 8, Beginning at verse 28, we have this story about the healing of two men afflicted with demons. It's on page 813. And I see Robert reaching for a pew Bible right beside him as we speak. And when he came to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tombs, so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What do you have to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many pigs was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank, into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled and going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. Well, this is just one example in the gospels and in all of scripture of a reality that we live with every day and may not think about a lot, but do you ever feel as you walk through the world or watch the TV news or read a newspaper that there's just a whole lot of evil and wickedness and depravity in this world around us? And part of the reason is what this gospel talks to us about. You know, it's a a narrative story of an episode in the life of Jesus, but we know from other parts of scripture, interpretive parts, that there's a host of evil forces around us in the world, and that Satan is the ruler of this world, at least temporarily at the sufferance of God. But the good news is you don't have to live in fear and trembling of that, and we'll talk about why that's true. So the context here in this passage from Matthew with the men possessed by demons is he's just finished the Sermon on the Mount and a lot of good things are happening in his ministry. And whenever God's truth is faithfully presented, there's a reaction from the forces that don't want that to be heard and that don't want that to be received and accepted by people. And Jesus encounters that as he goes to this other part of Palestine, of the ancient world, 
to a Gentile region, actually, and these men come out of the tombs, demonically possessed, living in the tombs, an unclean place to begin with, and they recognize him. They immediately know who he is. James writes in his letter that you believe God, well, that's good. Even the demons know that, and they tremble. So Jesus is recognized, and they say, have you come here to torment us, to punish us before the time, prematurely, before the time when you're going to judge the world? And it's not that time yet. It will come, but that's not the time Jesus is operating in. But he allows them to flee to the pigs. They go over the cliff. The reaction of the people in that area is astonishment, horror, and of course they've now just lost a chunk of their economic base and they say, that was amazing, would you please leave? And that's a reaction that people often have when they see the spiritual reality of Jesus. But we may be surrounded by wickedness and wicked forces and the scripture teaches us that we are but we're also surrounded by the legions of heaven and you heard the reading from uh, from uh, first or second kings this morning i'm sorry from second kings elisha and his servant go out and they're facing a huge enemy army and the servant says what are we going to do It's hopeless. And Elisha says, don't be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the servant's probably thinking, well, I don't see anybody with us. You must be crazy. And Elisha prays and says, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opens his eyes and he saw that there was a great company. Mountain was full of horses, chariots of fire all around Elisha. So the angelic host was present. And we do live in a world that's pushed and pulled by what is often called by theologians spiritual warfare. And I'm not trying this morning to be frightening or, uh, you know, mystical or anything like that. It's simply what the Bible teaches us. We're, We're in enemy territory, you might say. But we have a survival manual God's scripture given to us to show us how we can not only defend ourselves, but overcome. And as it says in scripture in Romans 8, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Jesus who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We have a heavenly army around us. We have a Savior who knows what it's like to struggle in this world. You know, God didn't just send us a message. God came with us, Emmanuel, God with us lived the life that we live, felt the struggles that we feel, suffered the hardships that we face ourselves in our lives, and overcome them. Jesus said, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm shuffling a bit, 
Jesus said, don't be afraid, for I have overcome the world. And by putting our faith and our trust in Jesus, we're overcomers, we're more than conquerors, not because of us, but because of Jesus. So we have a couple of things we can take from this, can we not? Yes, we live in a world that under God's providence and protection, we also face an enemy, Satan, who is at work. And there's a lot of evil in this world. But with prayer and trust in Christ, we can and we must live in that world without fear and acting as ambassadors for Jesus Christ with the individual people we meet. You can't, I can't correct all of the terrible things in the world that we see. What we can do is be faithful ambassadors for Jesus. As C.S. Lewis put it, only individuals can be saved or damned. Only individuals can be uh, witnessed to, can be spoken to, can be loved, can be engaged with by us as followers of and for our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we can do. And Jesus does the work. He's overcome. We know that ultimately Christ is victorious and as Christians we'll be safe with him. I do a lot of sports ministry with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and if I could put a sports metaphor together, we're on the winning team. In the end, we win. That's not arrogance, that's not gloating, that's confidence. And we can trust in that. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, has it made a difference in your life about how you look at the world and how you deal with people and how you present your faith in Christ to those you meet? That's the question. That's your part in all of this. Notwithstanding the evil forces, the wickedness, the depravity of the world, the forces that are eager to take away your confidence and your joy. What are you doing about it? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, has it made a difference in your life? That's the question for me and for you. Amen.